Hello and welcome to Luann's Land Podcast. Now, here's your host, award-winning country music artist, Luann Hunt. Happy trails to you Until we meet again Happy trails to you Ah, who doesn't love Roy Rogers and Dale Evans' theme song, Happy Trails? It truly has become a staple of American music. You know, Roy and Dale brought so much joy to people all over the world through their songs and movies. And although they've gone on to glory, their legacy will never be forgotten. Today, we have the great pleasure of having Roy Rogers Jr., or Dusty as he likes to be called, on Luann's Land podcast. He is a big talent with a passionate heart to carry on Western music and recently joined the legendary group Sons of the Pioneers, who his father co-founded over eight decades ago. The group is set to perform at Victor Valley College on November 3rd in a fundraiser for the Happy Trails Children's Foundation. It's sure to be a great evening filled with wonderful music and stories all in the name of a worthy cause. Well, I'm very excited to hear what Dusty has to say about what he's been up to, as I'm sure all of our listeners are. So, let's welcome him to the show. Hey, Dusty, how are you doing? I'm good, Luann. Thank you for uh, asking me on and talk with you a little bit. Yeah, it's really an honor to have you on the program, and I'm very excited that you are now a member of Sons of the Pioneers. Yes, it's been, uh, I had retired basically about four years ago, and uh, the leader or the, or the uh, trail boss of the Sons of the Pioneers, Tommy Nally, had called, and they said, Dusty, our lead singer has to retire. He said, would you be interested? And I said, well, I'd be interested, but I need to check with my wife first because we, we've been married for 51 years this year, so I have to be sure that's so clear with her. And she said, yeah, you need to do it for you. So um, how many sons get to join their father's group that his fa- their father started 84 years ago? It's just unbelievable. It's like coming full circle, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I, I mean I've known the pioneers since I was a little boy. In fact, I'm probably one of the few guys that walks the planet that got to know every one of them. There's been about 47 different members down through the year, the 84 years, uh, which is quite a low number considering how many years have gone by. And uh, so for me to be able to, uh, to, to fill in a spot, I've, I've always enjoyed them. I've always loved the guys. And, uh, and uh, so for me, it, it, it was a, a kind of a full circle, like you said, to come back into it. It's been great. It really has. I think it's so wonderful that they're keeping Western music alive. And there also still seems to be quite an audience for it. There is and always has been. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just one of those uh, the type of music, the genre of the music that just people don't get tired of because it's very melodic and it's in it and it tells the story of the West and the cowboys and horses and all kinds of things that 
a lot of people in America, especially mid-America, grew up with when when we were kids. I mean, you know, I mean, the, the Cowboys rode the silver screen, and it, even back, I mean, this started way back before my dad even started in the movie business back in 1937, but this started in 1930. Actually, dad was started in 33, 34 with these guys. So uh, that music has, uh, has been very popular down through the years, and we get a lot of requests for different songs that the pioneers have done, and uh, and then we get a lot, a lot of people saying, boy, I tell you what, I remember those songs so well my grandpa used to set me on his knee on the front porch and sing me those songs so they've just kind of been generational after generation after generation have really loved the, the, the music and we just didn't feel like you know that it should should go on and into, into the past and everybody forget about it so we've we've been very true to what the pioneers uh, uh, you know started you know so many years ago and it's quite a legacy to have to live up to you know I mean there's uh um, an awful lot of uh, history there that uh, that we have to hold very reverent because uh, of the guys that really started and gave us this legacy to continue. Now, in your shows, do you guys talk a little bit about the history of these songs? Oh, sh- oh, sure. Oh, yeah. We always do. Uh, th- uh, there's always a history part, and then there's you know some comedy things here and there too. But uh, uh, the the music is the most important thing. That's what that's what we're 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 supposed to be doing, and so we're very reverent to it. And the history is very important. Uh, there's been a lot of great guys down through the years. I mean, Pat Brady that that drove my dad's Jeep in the TV series. I mean, he was a member of the Sons of the Pioneers. And Ken Carson uh, was a member of the Sons of the Pioneers. Festus from Gunsmoke, he was a member of the Pioneers for a long time. So, you know, it's uh, we've had some great people uh, in the group down through the years. And, uh, of course, we've lost a lot. All of them, have, A lot of them have passed on. And so... The pioneers have been very uh, diligent about finding the right voices uh, that fit the music because, uh, you know, they have that certain sound and you don't want to mess that up. I mean, you, you don't mess with perfection. So uh, you try to find guys that can stack the harmonies in the correct order. Uh, and for me, it was a little bit difficult because, uh, you know, I, I, I was a lead singer for my entire life. And then all of a sudden, I'm in a group that uh, I have to switch off parts. That was the great thing about the sons. They always, you know, my dad might start out with a song where he's singing the lead. He'll drop out and Bob Nolan would step up and dad would go down to the middle low voice or the middle high voice or just the middle voice. So those are all things that I've had to learn. I just joined in January. So it's all new to me basically, but I'm slowly getting the hang of it now. And, uh, and uh, it's, it's just an absolutely beautiful genre of music. And I had, I had, I had an appreciation for it, but not so much as I, I do now, uh, when knowing how, how difficult and, and how the guys really had to work at, at putting this together. And my dad and the pioneers, you know, they, they, they weren't the pioneers when they started. They, they were, they were, they were, that's what they wanted to be called as a pioneer trio. And, and the radio station that they played for says, no, nah, you guys are too young to be pioneers. So we're going to call you the sons of the pioneers. So that, that's how that name got started. And uh, and it's just been a, a phenomenal ride for me. Just over, even though it's only been a few months for me, it's just been terrific, and, and the history of it's been phenomenal. Even though those songs seem really simple, when you start layering harmonies, oh my gosh, they can become really complicated. It, it is complicated, and uh, and for somebody who I mean, I you know, I my dad and 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 believe it or not, I mean, my dad and, and most of the sons of the pioneers never read music; they can't read music. Uh, they had, they did it all by ear and just by singing it and making it, you know, trying to figure out what the sound was. It wasn't until Lloyd Perriman joined in the, in the late thirties, early forties, uh, that, uh, 
that he really uh, started laying out the, the, the layers of, of sound that we needed to put together vocally. And uh, so, but he's the only one that could really read the music at that time. My dad, in fact, when he was first started out with the Sons, they, they tried to join the Musicians Union, figuring, you know, they could get some more jobs. And the Musician Union said, well, you know, Roy, you can't really join because uh, you read music, right? And he says, no, we don't. He said, well, I'm sorry, if you if you don't read music, you you can't join the Musicians Union. So so they uh, they never did learn to, to read music. But uh, when Dad started making movies and making money, the Musicians Union came back and said, hey, <laughs> Maybe maybe we ought to rethink this. You guys ought to really join and be be a member, which they did eventually. But yeah, it's a it's a it, it, it's an, an a phenomenal thing on on how to put this together and the structure of it. Um, and we've tried to re- remain true to that uh, with all of the songs we do because that's what people remember. I mean, when you go to hear Frank Sinatra, you you, you don't you don't want to hear ZZ Top uh, coming through the microphone. You want to hear you know, the original and you want to hear it the way it was. And that's what we do. We we strive to keep it that way through all of our show. Yeah, well, it's the authenticity that has lived on and on and on. And we don't get a lot of that in today's music. Do you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And well, it seems like, you know, it seems like uh, everybody wants to go to the next best thing when they when they have the best thing right in their lap, but they want to take it to an extreme or to another area and and the minute you do that especially with songs that people have loved uh by generations down through the years because uh, cowboy music is, is very very special uh, specialty music i mean you know cowboys in this country are very unique to this country and and of course they came in from all around the world i mean they were from european countries and scandinavian they were scotch and irish they were they were uh, uh just a, you name any kind of a uh, an immigrant into this country in the 1800s that they went to work as cowboys and they, they might not have known the trade, but they learned it uh, the best they could. And, and about a, a quarter of the cowboys who rode the range in those days were black. So you got this mixture of, of wonderful ethnic backgrounds and music that came into this country from other countries. And they would sit around campfires and each one would play their own specialty instrument or what, of course they're driving cattle north, so they couldn't carry big instruments with them so they had maybe a guitar maybe a harmonica maybe a juice art back in those days and they would sit there and play their music and 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 so this is how it the cowboy music developed it kept adding you know a little bit of bluegrass a little bit of things that came from them you know back in in the, the ozark mountain stuff is added into it and then you got the black influence uh, from africa that came into it so you know, it's a very, very well-rounded music, and, and it was brought forth by cowboys uh, on the range and out on the plains. And, uh, and people, especially hill people and, and the people that during the Dust Bowl times uh, when it was really bad in this country, when things were really rough, I mean, people, uh, you know, were hard, hardly could make a living. Uh, the one thing they could always count on is that is music. It, music was free. It was, it was uh, very well put out there by uh, great musicians in those times and uh it was simple it, you're right it was very simple but you know still had some very good messages to it and cowboys brought that forward and and, and cowboys like i said come from all different kinds of uh, backgrounds and uh, so it's a it's america's music it definitely is the melodies are so beautiful and you know the imagery is just spectacular yeah they um and i, I attribute a lot of that to bob nolan bob uh was one of the original members. The original members of the group was my dad. He put 
when dad started is he he could hear those harmonies he could hear what he wanted to do and 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 he, he learned to yodel and play mandolin guitar and stuff like that and from his hometown in, in Portsmouth Ohio and he he learned that from his grandma and his and, and especially his dad and mom played and uh, so he uh, he could hear what he wanted and he came when he came out to California they worked in the itinerant camps and dad Dad picked uh, peaches uh, in the itinerary camps for Nicola Lug, and you know they were just rarely getting by. But they always had the music. They would sit around campfires at night, and they would they would play. And 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 uh, so Dad he kept you know, hearing the sound that he wanted to hear, and he joined a couple different groups early on, like the Rocky Mountaineers and the Obar Old Cowboys. But they were okay, but it, it wasn't what he wanted he was hearing something different so he uh, put an ad in, in the paper in la times and asking for uh you know a, a middle voice and preferred a, a yodeler preferred and uh, and uh, tim spencer added uh, added uh, answered the ad along with bob nolan and that was the original three the pioneer trio and then of course they went on to be the sons of the pioneers but Bob Nolan was the one who really started uh, writing. I mean, he, this guy could sit out on a rock in the desert for like six hours and come in with 12 songs in his head. He was so good at taking what he would see that nature put out there. And that's the great thing about cowboy music. They, it's simple lyrics because it's simple people who sang about simple things. And he would, and he could, he, his poetry was just terrific about the desert. And then he would take those poems later on and put music to them. And that's where the, the the melodic sound came from. And then, you know, you always have those wonderful guitars that, way before electronics. And, you know, today, today, you know, that old saying, you can fix it in the mix, which you, which you can. But when, in those days, you didn't. I mean, mom, I mean, dad sang on, on the radio station with, with Tim and Bob um, uh, for uh, three shows a day, you know, four and five days a week on the radio and for an hour a day, hour per show. So you know they were they were getting to the point where their voices were starting to fade out a little bit, and then they hired uh, Hugh and Carl Farr. They were two brothers that came on and uh, added a, a, a fiddle and, and a guitar lick to everything. And so then uh, then the group was was actually formed full by that time. And uh, of course they were coming up with some beautiful melodic songs. And but I attribute a lot of that to Bob Nolan. He was just absolutely terrific. And you know Tim Spencer too was a great songwriter as well. Well, yeah, and it sounds from what you're saying that your dad had a real ear for how to put all that together. He did. He he. For some reason, in his head, he kept hearing something. But you know, the groups that he worked with, he tried to get that sound out of them and couldn't. So he figured that the only way I'm going to get this done is to start my own group, and that's why he put the ads in the paper. And and uh, Tim and Bob answered that first ad, and uh, they got together. They worked. Uh, they would rehearse all day long. Uh, six and six days a week, sometimes seven, in a little rooming house out there in California, and um, and and spent days and days and days and weeks of putting this this sound that Dad had in his head out. And um, he taught it to Bob and to Tim, and well, they just took off from there. It was just once they hit the radio, everybody loved them. They got sponsors, and you know they start taking off from there, and then started. Then then came the recording dates and. The very first song they recorded was a song called Way Out There that we still open our show with. So we've uh, we've remained true to just about everything that they've uh, that they put down on recordings. And, and there's thousands of recordings. I mean, you know, down there's responsible for over 3000 songs. So it's an amazing it's an amazing career and, uh, and, and an amazing legacy that we are, we are so fortunate and especially me to be able to uh, to carry on.
How much of a hand did your father have in producing all those songs? Now he had he had really a, a, most of the control over what the sound was. In those days, the producers and stuff that did did recordings and stuff they weren't as demanding as they are today. I mean, today you might come up with a really great song, and by the time the producers, directors, and engineers get done with it, you sometimes you can't even recognize it because they want to hear a certain sound. They think they know what sells. And so they they put the pressure on the artist to do this and to do that and sing it a certain way. And and in those days, in the olden days, they didn't do that. I mean, they they liked what they heard with the fellas. Uh, they they loved the harmony yodeling, and they they just uh, and pioneers were one of the first ones ever put five part yodeling together. It was an unbelievable sound. And uh, so they left them pretty much alone. And so Dad had uh, had a lot to do with the early production of of the, of the music. And so did Bob and Tim. They were all pretty much equal as far as. And Dad said, "You know, we're all putting this together, so we're all in it together." And of course, then Dad, in uh, 1937, went uh, left the Pioneers. They were all under contract at Columbia. And Dad heard that they were trying to looking for a new singing cowboy after Autry left the studios. So Dad went out there, and uh, and they liked what they saw. They hired him on, and of course, he had to leave the Pioneers then. And he got Pat Brady to fill in for him uh, uh, while he was away from the Pioneers, and the Pioneers were still under under uh, co- uh, under contract with Columbia Pictures and they were backing up cowboys like Charles Starrett the Durango kid so but then they finally got back together a little later and uh, the pioneers and dad ended up doing uh, 42 pictures together so it worked out pretty well yes he left an amazing legacy just with his singing his acting everything that he did in show business wow well, yeah, I mean, Dad was in like 22 or 23 different businesses down through the years. On, I mean, from everything to everything. I mean, you 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 name it, he was he got into it somehow. But it all started out with the music, and uh, he never forgot that. I mean, you know, he and the pioneers stay true to what they what they developed. I mean, you know, when you develop something, it's like it's like anything else. It's your baby. You're the one that put it together. You don't want somebody to take it. And run with it, but you know, and, and back in those days, I mean, in the fifties, I mean, there was cowboy shows galore. I mean, you know, like seventy percent of the shows on Saturday afternoon were all cowboy shows, and there were you know good cowboy singers, and there were some that didn't quite cut the cut the mustard on on the singing end of it. But you know, they uh, it was a different time, different place, and uh, the, the mood of the country was different, and 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 there was an appreciation for what creativity people could do in those days. Today, you're you're disposable. I mean, you just it's, and it's a shame that it's that way because there's so many talented young people who could really add to it. And if you go to the, like the Western Music Association, the WMA, there's a lot of young people there in the WMA that are just doing terrific. I mean, there's great yodelers and great singers and 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 entertainers and they do great on their concerts and stuff but do they do, do they get any uh airplay hardly because there's not i mean you know try to find a cowboy song on a radio station these days you just don't you just don't hear it and it's a shame because uh you know that there's some wonderful talent and it's just not being not being put out there but you know that's the way it is today it's just a little bit different you're disposable and if you do have a chance to get out there uh and, and make a little bit of noise, uh, usually, you know, two or three, four years, maybe five, and you, you might make it a little bit, but then uh, things fade out, and if you're not making any money for the recording studios, and you, they, you know, you're out. And then where do you go from there? But with the Pioneers, I mean, we've been going steady without stopping, 
The Sons of the Pioneers have been out there doing music for 84 years. This next year we'll be celebrating 85 years. I don't know what all we're going to do, but we're going to do a, a, some kind of a celebration on it. I think it just deserves that. We're the longest running. If you look it up anywhere, we're the longest running a singing group uh, uh, that's run uh, lasted this long. So uh, it's an amazing thing, and, and we're very proud of it. When you were a kid, did you have any designs on growing up and being a singer? No, my dad told me once that he said, "Son, you've been you were born squalling, and you've been doing it ever since." So I, I guess it was in my genes. But I, you know, I, I didn't have really an inkling to be a singer necessarily. I, I did want to be an actor at one time, and Dad steered me away from that. He said, "You don't want to go down that road. It's uh, you know Hollywood's not the best place in the world to be." So you know, and he kept moving us out away from the Hollywood as much as possible. And, uh, you know, I had some inklings of, you know, I used to sing in the shower and stuff like that. And my mom used to tell my dad, you know, uh, boy, you, you, your son can sing. And he said, well, I don't know. I never heard him do it. So I know I really never had any inkling to go that direction. But, you know, it's, it's like anything else. Uh, when you're up, raised up around it, it kind of pulls you that direction sooner or later. And and uh, so I, I did start. I did sing in a hotel room for dad on a, on a tape for my mom. Uh, he had me sing a song and I, he listened to it and I sent it home to my mom and that kind of got things going. I'd sing in the car with him a little bit. And then when I came back out to California after uh, we left Ohio, Linda and I left Ohio, uh, I ended up a few years later starting my own group called the High Riders. And we did music from the time I was probably mid-20s all the way up till uh, just about four years ago. So. Plus, I was a general contractor also, so I was doing you know, always good. So you always have to have something else when you're doing music to back up on, something you can fall back on. So I was a, I was a contractor for a lot of years. Yes, and I heard that you actually designed and built the house that your parents lived in here in Apple Valley. Yep. Yeah, I did. Uh, and mom and dad talked about, you know, ever since I was a kid, mom and dad always had to buy a house that was used, and then we had to... Uh, add on to it because we had so many kids at home. You know, there was a total of nine of us all together, but we had about seven of us always at home, seven or eight of us. And so they never had a new home. So uh, I, I was a general building contractor there in Apple Valley, and uh, and uh, I decided that I'd like to build them a home. They decided, yeah, that'd be that'd be great. So we designed it, and we had a little bit of trouble on the design because Dad wanted Rambling Ranch, and Mom wanted two story Colonial. So when we went to design it, it was a little bit of a fight and tussle, but we ended up with what it is today, the, the design that I had, and uh, and uh, we got it all put together, and and I used it for a little uh, for a model home for a little bit, and then Mom and Dad moved into it, and uh, they got themselves something new, so it worked out pretty well. I've been in the house several times, and I think it's great the way that you shaped it in the back to block the wind, because as you know, we have terrible winds up here, but I just thought that was an ingenious idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember the wind. <laughs> yeah, it was, uh, and, you know, we tried to protect the pool, a little area too, and we built it in a shape of a horseshoe, basically, to keep uh, keep the wind out of the backyard and keep the dust out of the pool. And of course, uh, sometimes the winds blow so hard there in, in, in Apple Valley that uh, it blows over the top of the house and into the pool. So it just depends on what you know how things are going in the desert. But uh, I'll tell you what, uh, the desert, I, I grew up there. I mean, I didn't grow up. I went to high school at Victor Valley High because Apple Valley didn't have 
uh, didn't have a, uh, a high school there. So I, I, I graduated from Victor Valley High and I, I spent some, you know, a few years there and I, I really loved it. And then when Linda and I moved back there, uh, after we left Ohio and came back and, uh, and, and spent a lot of years in Apple Valley, it was a, it's a, it's a special place to us. Yeah, on my travels, whenever I tell anybody I'm from the Victor Valley, they always ask about the museum and whether or not it's still there. It really left its mark here on the high desert, and it's something I don't think people will ever forget. Yeah, it was a it was a legacy that uh, you know, mom mom loved it up there, dad loved it there, and that's why mom wanted to be buried up there. She said, "I want to I want to be buried here in Apple Valley." Of course, they didn't have a cemetery then. And that's when Chet Hitt decided to go ahead and build one. With Mom's help, they raised some money to get it going, and uh, and so both of them are there. You know, they're both in Apple Valley now, where they wanted to be, and so it worked out really, really well that way. Um, we, uh, when the museum uh, started to uh, lose its uh, viewership and visitorship there in Vic- in Victorville, after Dad passed away, it really kind of went downhill visitor-wise. And mom says, we need to look at somewhere else. And I said, well, let's look. So we looked everywhere. Branson seemed to be the place to go. So we, uh, and mom wanted to come with us. So we made those plans. She wanted to live on the lake here where we live. And so we started making those plans and, uh, and, uh, ended up getting ready to move the museum and mom passed away. She didn't, uh, wasn't able to come with us here. So, but we moved it to Branson. We had it open till nine and the same thing happened. You know, things start, people forget who, who's who and, Dad always said, no matter what you do, Dusty, I said, when this thing gets to the point where it's costing you kids money to keep it open, you need to close it down. You need to sell everything off, put it at auction or whatever so my fans can get to some of it. And so that's what we did. Us us kids, we didn't keep anything. It was all under instructions from my father to uh, liquidate it, and that's what we did. Uh, Trigger Bullet and Buttermilk stayed together. They're all down at the uh, Cowboy Hall of Fame in Fort Worth right now, so... The things that should have stayed together did, and the rest of it went out to the fans. So uh, we did what Dad wanted, and uh, we're all moving on with our life. Well, your family certainly put Apple Valley on the map. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was a it was a special place, really was. It is, and we're very excited to have the sons of the pioneers come back here and play. And I'm sure it's going to be a great show. And I know my husband and I are excited to come out and listen to some of that good old Western music. Ah, uh, thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. All the guys are excited. Uh, we're getting closer and closer, and uh, and so we're getting ready to load up this old station wagon and head out. We're not going to spend uh, a lot of days there because we have to hit the road and, and go on back. We have dates in Oklahoma and Kansas we have to hit, and then uh, then up to Appleton, Wisconsin, and then back out to Tucson. I mean, we're, we do a tremendous amount of traveling during the year, uh, and uh, so, uh, you know, we can't spend a lot of time, but we'll be there, and then we'll hit the ground running. Awesome. Well, thanks a lot for being on the program today. As I said, it was an incredible honor to have you here. To all of the folks out there in Apple Valley, Victorville area, you know, I, I just would love to, to, to see them. And, and, and again, this is, uh, this, is, this is to help the Happy Trails Children's Foundation. That's the reason we decided to do it. And, uh, and so everybody come out and help support that. That's where all the money's going for them. So Great music for a great cause. Well, thank you, Glenn. I appreciate it. And happy trails to all of you out there. Appreciate it. Listen to Luann's Land Podcast on Tuesdays from noon to 12.30 p.m. Pacific at luannslandpodcast.com or luannslandpodcast.buzzsprout.com. 
Follow the show on Facebook at Luann's Land Podcast and on Twitter at Luann's Land. All episodes will be archived for free on-demand streaming.